Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, I want you guys to use your imagination. I want you to pretend that you're holding a slingshot or holding a bow and arrow and you're pulling back and you're looking for a target to hit. All right, let's do it, let's do it one time together. Let's pull it back, pull it back, pull it back, now let go. You see, it doesn't go too far. When you don't pull it back long enough, it does not go too far. Now let's do it the right way, let's do it the right way. Pull it back, pull it back, pull it back, pull it back, almost until it feels like the rubber is going to break. And then look for that target. Now let go. Boom! <laughs> right? You see how much more confidence there was when you spent enough time pulling the rubber back, finding a target, and let go. You see how much more confidence you had that you're going to hit the target? Teammates, today's discussion is all about those times in life in which we feel like we're being set back. You have something great you want to do. There's a certain plan. There's a certain job. There's a certain career. There's something you want in life. However, the steps to get there make you feel like you're being set back because it's not happening fast enough for you. What's really happening is you're just like that slingshot. You have to be spending those times looking for a target as you're being pulled back. So when you find that target, you will have enough confidence in yourself Confidence in your journey, confidence in the things that you've done to where you know you're going to hit it. All right. I know this subject very well. I have been in sales since I was in middle school. All right. My first ever venture. I grew up a sports freak. I would take pictures out of magazines and I'd put them all over my wall. One day, my father comes home with a digital camera. And this was a really cool camera. It had this flash on it where I would take pictures of the pictures and it had this cool effect. All right, it was years before Instagram. So, I I mean, I was way ahead of my time when it comes to that. One summer, my family came in town and I would approach a family member like, hey, who's your favorite soccer player? Who's your favorite soccer team? Now, I grew up in a Caribbean household, so soccer was the main sport. And they tell me whatever team it was, whatever player it was, and I go take a picture of that player and sell it to them for about 10 bucks a pop. <laughs> All right? I remember years after that summer, I, I would be in, I'd be at certain family events and I'd have family members come up to me and say, I see, boy, you ain't selling picture again, boy, with my picture I take. I look at my picture, boy. <laughs> now, that happened this summer. Once school started, I would use the same approach. I'd go up to some of my friends and be like, hey, who's your favorite rapper? Who's your favorite basketball player? And they say stuff like, you know, DMX or Kobe. And I'd put, put a picture of Kobe and DMX in a frame and sell it for $10. I can remember me and my mother went to a thrift store and we bought a bunch of frames for cheap. And I'll be out that thing, hustling that thing in school. All right, it was that. I used to shovel snow around the neighborhood. I used to mow lawns. I even sold kitchen knives, Cutco kitchen knives. All of that happened way before I graduated college. 
So I had that feeling of making money on my own. I had that feeling of, of hustling on my own. And I had that feeling of getting rejected on my own because there was a lot of rejection. There's always going to be a lot of rejection when it comes to sales. Now, I just finished reading this book titled Grit by Angela Duckworth. In that book, she states, do not let temporary setbacks lead to permanent excuses. Say that one again. I want you guys to jot that down. Do not let temporary setbacks lead to permanent excuses. Now, when it came time for me to graduate college, I wasn't afraid of commission work, unlike most of the college graduates out there. Most of them walk around acting like they deserve a certain salary. Me, I had that feeling of making money on my own, and when someone threw out a commission, commissionable opportunity, I'm all for it. I'm down. If I could spend my time selling kitchen knives, if I could you know, shovel snow for, for low cash, if I could mow lawns for money, if I could sell pictures, guess what? I could do something commissionable if it was something that I w- was related to what it is I wanted to do. Now, as you guys know, I wanted to be a football coach coming out of college. However, there weren't many commissionable opportunities to be a football coach. For the most part, it's either volunteer or salary, whatever it is. So I decided to become a scout for a company named National Scouting Report, NSR. And NSR was all commission work. And I was really excited. I was ready to roll because I knew I found my thing. The way NSR works is me as a scout, I'd go to high school games and I'd see which players stuck out to me and I'd sign them, I'd try to sign them up to a certain package which cost a couple thousand dollars. And when they sign up to that package, it gets recruiters, college coaches can look at it. It makes it easier for college coaches to find these specific players. And that's me. I first heard that, I'm like, that's me all day. I've been in sports since I was seven. I love commission work. Let's go. Let's go. I was ready to roll. But there's a catch. It's a catch. All right. NSR is primarily known for female sports. And I was a football guy. So there was some development I needed. And there it was. I would go to game after game, sit down with family after family, and they wouldn't, sign up for, they wouldn't sign up to the services because I didn't have any connections in the female sports world. I had to really lock in, and it had to be a very legitimate, a, a very legitimate call. I had to do real scouting. I can remember the first volleyball game I went to. It was at a high school named Bishop O'Connell. And there was this girl, her, her name was Claire. And she is like jumping out of the gym. I mean, she's jumping over the net, slamming it, crushing it. And I didn't know who she was before that. I just saw her play for the first time. And then when I spoke to her mother after, she was like, look, she's got every school in the country wanting her. And she was really close to making a decision. So my eye for talent was being sharpened, even though I didn't get their business. Another thing I had to do is I had to be a, become a gentleman. I had to learn how to develop manners. You got to understand, I was doing this in early, my early 20s, and it was very appropriate for me to end up with one of these high school girls that I was recruiting. <laughs> All right, The age difference wasn't that far off, and I'm good looking. You know? So I would 
I would have to make sure I was being as professional as possible because you're dealing with this young high school lady and you're dealing with their parents. All right, I could remember sitting in the home meetings and some dads would be looking at me like with that real A, I hope this is legit, <laughs> okay? They'd <laughs> be very reluctant about me having their, their high school daughter's phone number. All right, so I had to sharpen up and I had to be very serious and I had to become a very serious businessman even though I wasn't getting paid a cent at the time. During my time with NSR, I signed up three, piece, three athletes, and those three athletes were all football players. All right, so I didn't sign up any female, any female athletes at all. And there I was. It was like that slingshot, right? I'm just being pulled back, pulled back, pulled back. And even though I felt very discouraged at the time, once I heard that slingshot analogy, I'm like, you know what? Really what's happening is I'm finding my target. I'm finding my target. God sometimes will pull you back and pull you back. He'll have you learn certain qualities just so when you find your target, you can let go. And you're going to find, you're going to hit it. As soon as you let go, you're going to hit it. Because my next move, my next understanding is I start to see the connection between fitness and female athletics. I never left the fitness industry. And there's so many people who are in the fitness industry that go in so many different directions. There's so many people in athletics that go in so many different directions. Had I not had those times in which I'm going to volleyball games, going to girls lacrosse games, really, really looking at female sports and really making it something that I become knowledgeable about, I don't have this path made out for me. You got to understand, I started Gym 44 in around 2012. It took me three years to come up with a slogan. The, the slogan, and again, you guys can write this down, the slogan is building a bridge from fitness to performance. And this happened three years after I started the company. So it doesn't just happen overnight. And the reason the slogan is so on point is because of all those times that I felt set back, I was being pulled back and pulled back and pulled back, all those recruiting trips, and boom, you have your target. You know exactly what you want. You know exactly who you're going to work with. I got to Florida knowing specifically I want to deal with people who are in the fitness world or in the female athletics, female athletics world. And I knew it. I knew it. All right, teammates. So it's very important that you take this time. And I know a lot of you guys are going through some things. Take this time to really understand that you're being set back because you are looking for your target. Find your target. Find it. Find it. Find it. It's so very important. Find it. Another book I highly recommend you guys read. It's titled Good to Great by Jim Collins. And Jim Collins explains something called the hedgehog concept. All right, this, this is the way it works. There's a fox and then there's a hedgehog. What do you think of when you hear a fox? You hear people say sly as a fox. You hear of something that's very deceiving. There's the fox way of doing business. There's a sly way. There's a deceiving way. There's this, all this talk about what you can do. There's just a bunch of bullshit that come out of, fo of a fox mouth. All right? So the way it works is the fox goes and it, it's looking at a hedgehog and it goes to, to eat a hedgehog thinking that it's a mouse, thinking that they, they got breakfast. And you know what a hedgehog does? A hedgehog just puts its spikes up. And now the fox get a mouthful of of pricks, a, a mouthful of needles. All right. Now I'll admit, for until I wrote the book swiftly, I was that fox. 
I was dancing around a lot of different ideas. There was a lot of questions that I couldn't give a straight answer to. Until I read that and until I understood that you want to be more so like the hedgehog. Because when you try to pet a hedgehog, when you try to bullshit a hedgehog, you know what a hedgehog does? Hedgehog just puts its spikes up. <laughs> and you don't, get to, you don't get to bullshit a hedgehog. All right? So I challenge right now, ask yourself right now, which one are you? Are you a fox or are you a hedgehog? And then work your way towards becoming more of a hedgehog. Again, the name of the book is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Feel free to go out and get it. And I'll close with this. One of my favorite not one of my favorite ever quote by President Obama was this. He said, change will not come from some other person or some other time. We are the change that we seek. So fellow teammates, my question to you is how are you going to make a change? Continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon. It's really an extension of being creative, right? It's, it's part of the whole culture. Right when you when you see uh, Mary J. Blige, you don't just see the music. You see the music, the fashion, the growth, the evolution. Everything is part of it. You know, I was just able to put that into a, a business plan, right? But it's pretty much it's pretty much an extension of what I do. Like I was wearing this thing called this uh, brand called Iceberg, and mm -hmm. I would go to the shows. And when I went to the show, the whole crowd had on Iceberg. The entire crowd was wearing Iceberg. And the light went off, huh? Yeah, so I went to, no, I actually went to, it didn't go off yet. Yeah. You know, it was, I, you know I was thinking smaller. Right. So I went to Iceberg and said, guys, you guys should really partner with me in some stuff because I think I'm starting a little movement out there with the clothing. And it was like, what do you want to do? I see. well, we could get the use of the jet plane. Yeah. <laughs> we went in there and started asking for astronomical things. Because yeah. what, what we saw in the audience, they hadn't seen yet. Right. right? It don't come up on the Q ratings right. or anything like that. So it hadn't touched them yet. It was still early in the process. Right? So, but we, we saw it. Right? It's physically. Like we, so we knew where it was going. But you were asking for the use of the plane. Not no, no, we asked yeah. for a deal. But right. that was part of the deal. Right. You know, it's still an endorsement deal. Right. You know. We want all the money, a plane. <laughs> we actually, and they kicked us out, right? They, <laughs> get out. I mean, records you sold. And we hadn't sold any records at that time. We like 40,000 records. They looking at wow. the, everything indicated this was, you know, not to do this deal. So, so when did you have this epiphany then that you could do more than just partner with them, but you could do your own? Right after that, we called, um, we went and got some, we were so far. We went and got, we had like a, a record company. It was like, um, way smaller than this, and um, three sewing machines. <laughs> That's how we started Rockaway. We got wow. three sewing machines, and we thought we were gonna sew T-shirts. We didn't know, yeah. right? <laughs> so then we said we, Russell had Fat Farm, and we called Russell and said, right. "How'd you do this?" And then he introduced us to uh, you know the guys that you know we partnered up with, and you know we went from there. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm confident that if you had decided you really wanted to sew. You could have done it. Not me. I was just do everything else so well. No, yeah. but we bought the song. We we bought yeah. it. I gotta tell you everything. Yeah. We had a uh, young lady with a credit card hookup, and she. <laughs> so that's really how rocking with. That's why you got a little black folk. You <laughs> can't play the hustle. Yeah. You can't she knock the three... hustle. Yeah. <laughs> she got us three uh, sewing yeah. machines, and we said. <laughs> 
like, you know, don't listen to anyone. Everybody's scared. You know, everyone tells you how things worked out, but it worked out for you that way. Mm-hmm. So don't listen to anyone mm-hmm. because their experience is, is unique to who they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then a lot of people will try to put their fears on you. You can't do that. No, you can't do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they just project and they're putting things that they don't believe that they can do on you. And you may possibly do it. Like my uncle, like I don't think he meant not, and I know I'm killing him. I'm saying him so many times. They I know he's gonna be at Christmas. Like, <laughs> why do you keep bringing this up? <laughs> you know, my uncle, he was telling me like, I'm never gonna, my uncle said I never sell a million records. Mm-hmm. I sold a million records like a million times, you know? So he was, I'm sure he, I'm his nephew. I know he, I, I don't think he meant any malice. He wanted I, the he best just, for you, but he, he just was projecting believe. his fears right. and things that, like, are you crazy? How are you gonna do that? How? You know, I'm, I'm sure there's things that I do now that he, he can't believe that I was able to accomplish. But he couldn't even see it at the time. Mm. Yeah. So he was just projecting, putting his fears on me. So the whole thing is just, you know, and always believe you're great, even before anybody else believes it. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. Yes, we can. Change the world. Change the world. They said. That's overseas having sick. We ain't ready to have a black president. That's overseas having sick. We ain't ready to have a black president. Yes, we can. Change the world. They forgot us on the block. Got us in the box, solitary confinement How violent all these cops, they need an early retirement How many rallies will I watch? I ain't got it in me to march, I gotta send me the spark The games in the drought, public housing projects Cooking up in the Pyrex, my set, my click Either getting money or running from homicide trial That's if they ain't died yet Trying to be rich, still I'm pledging allegiance A predicate fella in a ghetto leader Lending my poetical genius to whoever may need it I bleed this from Queensbridge, now living with my feet up Never defeated, so a presence needed You know these colored folks and Negroes Hate to see one of their own succeeding. America surprise us. A little black man got us. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. Yes, we can change the world. Change the world. They said. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready. On election night Is it how can I protect my life Protect my wife Protect my rights Every other president Was nothing less than white Except Thomas Jefferson And mixed Indian blood And Calvin Coolidge KKK is like What the fuck Loading their guns up Loading up mines too Ready to ride Cause I'm riding with my crew He dies We die too Yeah But on the positive side I think Obama provides hope And challenges minds Of all races and colors To erase the hate And try to love one another So many political snakes We in need of a break I'm thinking I could trust this brother but will he keep it way real? Every innocent nigga in jail gets out on the pill. When he wins, will he really care still? I feel. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. Yes, we can change the world. Change the world. They said. As long as things have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. Overseas have been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president.
pastor in love with a slave master Silly Oz, USA, most brave rapper Jesse Carjacker, Uncle Tom kidnapper Hats around Bentley, Coop off the Richter Bitch call life, I pimped her War, politics, politics, clan shooter Deacon for defense, progress producer Nothing on the stove, a survival booster Gotta do what we gotta do We ain't got no governors coming through to help Anything we need done, we gotta do for self New improved JFK on the way It ain't the 60s again Niggas ain't hippies again We ain't falling for the same trap Standing on the balconies Where they shot the king at McCain got apologies Ain't nobody hearing that People need honesty Lower seems having sick We ain't ready to have a black president Lower seems having sick We ain't ready to have a black president Yes we can Change the world Change the world They said Lower seems having sick We ain't ready to have a black president Introduce to you the next president of the United States, 